Investor Schooling is an education company located in Langhorne, Pennsylvania. Investor Schooling, the principals or their employees, are not licensed by any regulatory institution. Phil Falcone and Larry Steinhaus are not registered reps of any investment firm, nor do they sell any securities. Their advice is based on their experiences and the experiences of their students. They are not attorneys or accountants, and before using any of their advice, they suggest you check with your legal or tax professionals. To find out more, go to www.investorschooling.com. This show is previously recorded. Now, let's welcome Larry Steinhaus and Phil Falcone, your hosts for Investor Schooling Live. Good afternoon and welcome to Investor Schooling Live. Coming to you from Investor Schooling Headquarters, I'm Phil Falcone here with my business partner, Larry Steinhaus. We are the founders of Investor Schooling. Get ready to learn real estate investing and stock option investing. Call us anytime during the show with your questions at 855-939-1137. That's 855-939-1137. That's right. We're a live program, so you can call us anytime during the show, and we will take your calls. Don't even worry about what we're talking about. Just call us, man. We like to take our listeners' calls. Investor Schooling is located in Langhorne, Pennsylvania, serving the Philadelphia area in a real brick-and-mortar building. That's correct. We're local guys, accessible to our students a minimum of two nights per week. Do you want to learn this business? The business of real estate investing and the business of stock option investing? Well, if you do, you want to learn it from people who live it every day. That's us. Yo, Larry, what's happening? What's going on, Mr. Phil Falcone? I am so excited today. You know why? No, I have uh, no idea. Because we are going out to dinner with a bunch of our students tonight. Isn't that exciting? Uh, yeah. I kind of <laughs> knew about that. <laughs> Yeah, we we we, uh, we had a contest and a couple people won and uh, it was kind of neat. We're gonna have a little bit of fun with that. We're going to my favorite restaurant. What's my favorite restaurant? Uh, Capitol Grill Capital in New York Grill. City. Well, actually, yeah, but we're not going to the New York City one because I won't go to New York City because I just won't give Bill De Blasio any of my taxes. You so, mean you don't like to pay like fifty-seven dollars by the time you take the turnpike and get over the Verizon? Oh no, I don't bridge? even mind doing that. I don't mind doing that. I, I will certainly pay fifty-seven dollars and. And I will certainly pay to park and all of that, but I just will not let Bill de Blasio have the, the, my tax money anymore. That's all. What are you worried about that dork for? Because he's, he's destroyed the city. Yeah, okay. You know. Who cares? I do. We don't live there. <laughs> that's true. That's why we live here. That place was long screwed <laughs> and that's why, up. And that's why, you, that's why you're moving to Florida because you don't even want, want to live here. Okay, well, I'm moving to Florida for a number of reasons, and, uh, but uh, I've never lived in New York City. I never will. If you set me up with a penthouse there for free, I wouldn't go there. What if the Trump Trump gave you his penthouse? Well, uh, I might go visit Trump. But, yeah, I, I would go visit. But Trump I wouldn't want to. Li- I don't like all that gold. You know, like oh, his whole gold? his whole apartment is is decked out in gold. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, really. Yeah. Have yeah. you been there? I've seen videos. Of oh, have you? Okay. Yeah, so I've not. No, I haven't That's been. I always wonder if he had a car collection. Does he have a car collection? So I, I, I don't think so. No, I just think he has a limo that takes him around wherever he wants to go. But, okay. uh, but he does have helicopters, so he can get wherever he needs to go. That's true. But uh, I'll tell you, like one time I took, before 9-11, about four months before 9-11, I took my family to New York City. And when you counted up the tolls, and then just to get across the Verrazano Bridge, I think it was like $24 or something, yeah. right, on Easy Pass. And then it was like 50 bucks to park the car or whatever. When we got out of the car... We went to the World Trade Center and we paid. I paid for tickets for everybody. And I just looked at my wife and I said, 
Not that I care, but this is pretty funny. I think I've already spent over two hundred dollars. Yeah, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. With between the parking and the bridge and the tolls and the tickets to get to the World Trade Center, it was like over two hundred bucks already. And keep in mind, like I was in New York City by that point, twenty minutes. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I know. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Well, that, that's uh, that's why you need to be a stock options trader and a real estate investor in order to afford to go to the city. Yeah. The only way I could afford to go there. I had a terrible week in the stock market this week, Phil. You know what? I, you know what I discovered? Well, you know what I must I must say once again. That when your head isn't in it, you need to stay away from it. I was so busy, you know, as you guys know, we bought a new building, we've been renovating the building, and I've been so busy with the contractors that I wasn't paying attention to some key points that happened this week, and it cost me money. Now, I, it, it's, it, 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 it's not like I lost money, but it cost me money. There were points I should have sold something, and I should, and I didn't. Well, it wasn't a great week. Uh, the it last Wednesday, Thursday, Friday were pretty bad days. Yeah, they were pretty bad. Yeah, they were they were awful. And yeah. uh, we got a couple of students in Beyond Meat, and, and I'm in Beyond Meat, and it's ugh. Yeah. I'm well, really I have a feeling that. that the um, the Biden effect. Yeah, it's finally kicking in. I know. Uh, it's kicking in. Yeah. yeah. And I think that you know there's going to be a lot more pain coming. Oh yeah, there's it's no doubt, and it's yeah. it's due anyway. But Biden's going to make it worse. There's a commercial, a commercial dump truck. Full of bad things that are going to happen. I like the way you. I like the way you put that. A commercial dump truck that actually makes total sense. I love it. Yeah, because yeah. that's where it should all go in the dump. Yep. Yep. Exactly. You know. Anyway. So anyway, what do we got going on today, Phil? Well, we got a couple of interesting topics. One of them is how do you win friends and influence people? Another I'm one. Talking is, politics. Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Like sometimes it's. No, I just, you, I just couldn't resist. You understand it's impossible to completely ignore politics because oh, so of much not. of the stock market and the real estate market are tied to politics. Yeah. Okay, so you can't you can't ignore it. We're not a political show, but we do sometimes share our political opinions. Is America on the decline? And if it is, how should investors react to that? That's an important question. Okay. How about housing versus land investing? Mm, that's an interesting one. We've never talked about that yeah, on the show. One. Should I buy a house now or should I wait till next year? Some people think you should wait till next year. We're going to talk about that. How are commercial office buildings doing right now? Well, I can tell you how my office building is doing, and we can talk a little bit about that because that's a very interesting topic right now. Uh, how nice is is it to have chosen this wonderful business? I love the way that question has been written. Yes. Stock and at the end of our show, in the last five or ten minutes, we're going to bring on the stock option sultan with the picks of the week. And this is the only segment where you can actually listen to it and make money Monday. If you uh, are a stock option trader and you understand how stock option trading happens, you could make some of these plays based on the stock option sultan's picks. If you're not a options trader... Maybe you should get your butt to investor schooling where we could teach you a little bit about it. Should get their whole body or just their butt? Well, you know what I mean. Okay, I got you. It's just a thing I say on the commercial. Is that what you say in the commercial? I didn't you get in trouble for saying that on the commercial once? I didn't get in trouble, but a very nice little old lady called up the station and said that me saying get your butt to investor schooling was vulgar. Yeah, she didn't like that. Yeah, she didn't. Maybe, you know, she doesn't have a very nice butt. May, or maybe you are vulgar. <laughs> yeah, either one. I'll, I'll sleep like a baby tonight. <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> we also had a couple of questions uh, emailed in to us. One of them is, do you guys teach raising credit scores? Absolutely. We do teach that. We can talk a little bit about that. 
And uh, I don't really like this question, but somebody emailed in and said, is Phil in the mafia? And um, are you sure I didn't email that question? <laughs> Could have been you. I don't know. I don't, I don't like skip search the text messages I get. All right. That's fine. Wow. All right. So where are we going to start? Anywhere you want. Which one, which one of these topics intrigues you? I want to start. I, I, let's go in linear order. Let's start with the top one. Okay. So how do you win friends and influence people? So, boy, that's a, it's a kind of an interesting question because I'm the kind of person that I don't care if I win friends and influence people. So I'm not sure how to answer the question, honestly. And I'm sitting here trying to think of a way, and I'm not sure. Well... I'm sure you've read the book. You know, believe it or not, I have not. You have not read the book. I have not read the book. I've read books on how to interact with people more, but not that one, not that specific one. Well, you should probably uh, open up an Audible account on your iPhone, and you can download audio books when you're in the car. Well, I had an Audible account, and I didn't like the way they billed me every month because I liked it better when... when when you could go one at a time and you could listen to them one at a time and you could just buy the ones you want. Mm -hmm. Now they make you have a subscription to it and you have to buy the books anyway, which I couldn't understand that. So I don't know. The whole thing got weird with me. Okay. Well, uh, I got to admit that uh, I've been listening to the audio book of How to Win Friends and Influence People. Well, tell me about it. Uh, for the most part, uh, I was not enamored by the topics. So you don't want to influence people? A lot of it was about being nice and uh, okay. really pretending to care about what the people were saying. And, I mean, I'm going to care about what people are saying sometimes, and sometimes I'm not going to care. And uh, so I don't know that I can just um, turn off part of my brain and turn on another part of my brain and be that way. So I don't know that I love the book is what yeah. I'm saying. I'm but, reading but there are people who want to influence people and, 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 and you know make friends and influence people. I don't necessarily want to make friends and influence people, but I do like friends and I do like people. Well, I'll tell you about a book I am listening to on Audible that I like a lot, and it's called The Close, Seven Level Selling. And That's pretty cool. And this is written by the recently deceased Stefan Arnio. Okay. who's written a number of very good books that I've read. Uh, and uh, he says that psychologists developed a seven-level system of gaining someone's trust and faith and support. And he took that psychologist strategy and, and applied it to a sales strategy using the same techniques that psychologists would use to gain the trust and faith and belief with their patients, and he uses it, or did use it, as a method of selling, and he calls it seven-level selling, and it's quite interesting, it's quite cerebral, and maybe a little deeper than most salespeople would want to go, but I think it's interesting. Well, that's pretty cool. I, I, you know, I, I'm, I, I, it's funny, I, I get offended when people call me a salesperson, which is kind of weird. I mean, I know I have to be, and and you are all day long, but at the same time, I'm just somebody trying to help people. Yeah, no matter I, what I'm doing, I'm trying to help somebody. But but life is sales, isn't it? I agree. I agree. Every time you yeah. meet somebody, yeah. you're trying to. I, I gave my investor schooling business card to a guy today at a fast food Dunkin' Donuts window. Really? 
Well, he looked at my car. He commented on my car. He said, how much does it cost to wrap a vehicle? And I'm thinking about wrapping mine. And I gave him my card. And I said, give me a call. And I'll, uh, and I'll talk to you about it. And obviously, I want him to call me so I can invite him to the school. So are we ever, ever going to actually get to real estate and stock options? Well, we've already covered how to win friends and influence people. <laughs> you're, not, you're not influencing me at the moment, and you're not winning my friendship at the moment, because I want to talk about real estate and stock options, okay? Well, I already have your friendship, and that's, influencing that's you, is be, it would be easier to bang my head against a brick wall. I don't agree with you. I'm going to tell you that you already influenced me. You are, a, you are a, an amazing guy, and I really respect what you've done in, in the real estate market. It's pretty impressive. Actually, I respect what you've done in options trading, too. You're kicking my ass. Uh, watch your language. Yeah, I'm not sure if that was a dump or not. Yeah. We'll find out the hard way. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about, is America on a decline? If you're asking me, I say absolutely it's an, on a decline. And I'm not talking politically, or am I? And uh, I'm very concerned about the future of this country right now. And in my opinion, what am I going to be investing in? I'm going to be investing in low-income housing. Affordable housing. So tell me about that, because I, you know, I know you're really into these mobile home parks, and I find that fascinating. I'm well, not just mobile home parks, mm -hmm. but affordable housing. So whatever mobile home parks are probably the cheapest thing that you can live in in the United States anywhere, and probably in every state, mobile home parks are the cheapest. But I think apartment buildings also fit this mold. I think. Uh, Maybe possibly tiny homes, container homes, um, homes you can buy from Amazon and have them delivered to a piece of ground that you own. It's funny that you, that was the Amazon definitely took over what Sears used to be. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's interesting. Funny. It's interesting. Some of the homes that they got on there are like thirty five grand. Yeah, and you can yeah. buy a home and have it delivered to you. I I think that's pretty cool. And you build it like a kit. You follow the instructions. Right. It's like building your kid a bicycle on Christmas morning. Yeah, exactly. You, you build a house for one of your tenants. So I want to be in a business that I know won't fail no matter how bad things get in America. And that's it. That's my whole philosophy is if things get really bad and economically this country's in big, big trouble, I'll still be able to fill every one of my rentals because they're going to be the cheapest things. You won't have anything cheaper to go to than what I'm offering. Therefore, mm -hmm. I should be packed to the gills and everything rented and people are never going to leave because they can't go anywhere else that's cheaper. I also believe that low-income housing can never fail because there's always low-income people. So it's not like when the economy gets better, your low-income housing goes away. It stays there forever. Well, if a lot of these policies are bad for the middle class, the middle class is going to become the lower class. Yeah, that's true. And you're going to be flooded and inundated yeah. with people who need what product I'm selling. Well, yeah. So you have a you have kind of like a dooming uh, a doom and gloom theory on that. For now. Yeah. And, For now, it can and, change. And I don't disagree. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like the way I rent. I, I kind of I, I rent to people who are the same. The person who goes to work every day, probably never going to buy a house, but has. Decent credit, like 650, 680 credit score. They never want to buy a house, but they're going to live there for a long time. Those are my favorite kind of tenants. Well, I'll tell you something. I've toured a lot of mobile home parks, and if you're there in the morning, if you happen to have an early morning meeting at a mobile home park, you will see right away your tenants going off to work. And you know what they're wearing? 
McDonald's uniforms. Yeah, right. They're fast food people. They work at Dunkin' sure. Donuts. They work at uh, f- uh, fast food restaurants. They work at Walmart. These are hardworking people, and they work. And but, be, they but be careful because, you know, pretty soon they're going to be getting $15 an hour, and, and uh, they'll be able to move. Well, and then robots will have to live in my mobile home <laughs> parts. <laughs> I always find that fascinating, too, the $15 an hour thing. People don't get it. All it does is raise prices. It doesn't give them $15 an hour. It hurts the, the people it's yeah. designed to protect. Abs- so, so does everything that the Democrats do. But that's a, that's a whole other issue. Yes, and we yes. could certainly get there over and over again. Okay, so what's your opinion on housing versus land investing? All right, so real quick, I'm going to answer that. But let everybody know that we, you can call in at 855-939-1137. 855-939-1137. Uh, today we're transmitting on to Facebook and YouTube and Twitch and LinkedIn. So if you guys are there and you guys have never seen the show before, we're on a whole bunch of different uh, transmissions today. And you can call in live right now at 855-939-1137 with your questions. And you can attend a free class this Thursday at investorschooling.com. So land versus housing. I don't like land at all. And I'll I, I tell you why. I like to spend my money and get money right away. So in other words, if I buy a if I buy an apartment or I buy a house or I buy whatever I buy a uh, townhouse for a hundred thousand dollars, for example, I wish I could find a townhouse for a hundred thousand dollars. But if I find a townhouse for a hundred thousand dollars, I put somebody in there, and in a month, maybe two, if I have to rent it, renovate it, I start getting a thousand dollars a month, and I start getting return on my money. The other thing I don't like about land is I, I hear story after story, and I'll be honest with you, because I don't buy land, I can't actually tell you if it's true or not. I just hear stories where people buy land, they hold on to it for. 10 or 20 years, and they end up selling it for exactly what they paid for it. Well, I would look, I've never liked land, never as an investment, but I like it because mobile home parks tend to come with a lot of land. For example, right, and that's different though. Right, that's different. Okay, so I have a, a park under contract that I intend to buy soon in the Tampa area, and it, allo- it has 10 acres of property, but only. Two of the front acres near the road are allowed to have 10 mobile homes on it. So I would buy the park based on just the 10 mobile homes right now. I would buy it. With the land being like something extra that I may or may not do something with down the road. But it is 10 acres, and if I could clear the lots, clear all the ground, uh, and get a real look at what it looks like, Maybe there's something else I can do with it. Maybe they would allow me to put more houses there. Maybe it could become farmland, agricultural land that could be farmed by somebody else, which would be something that I could make money off of by letting a farmer actually cultivate the land and pay me rent for using it. I don't know. I have a lot of different ideas in my head. I have not talked to the township about that because... I never go down to the township and talk to them about anything about a piece of property until the day I've bought it. Really? Okay. I could call them up and ask them some questions oh, okay. on the phone gotcha. anonymously. Right. But I do not want to go down there and fill them in on what I'm really thinking until I officially own it. Uh, that, yeah, that makes sense. No, I understand what you meant. Yeah, okay. I, I agree with you. Okay. okay. I, so I, I do talk to them if I'm doing something a little bit different. I just want to find out what the rules are. Yeah, but what, what what happens, what I'm afraid of happening is I go down there and I say, hey, guys, I'm Phil Falcone. Let me tell you what I'm planning to do. Right. And all of a sudden, somehow, uh, I'm kicked out at a deal and somebody else is executing my plan. Oh, that's true, too. But I, I'm also looking at it as the township doesn't like you because, you know, because when you walk in there, you know, there are people who have an opinion of you. 
And he sounds are, like a mafioso shyster. Look, when I was when I was trying to build a uh, executive suite center, my second executive suite center, I went down to the township to talk to them about what I was doing, and one of the guys said to me, "I wish I had thought of that." Really? And then he started asking me a lot of questions about how I was going to do it. And ever since then, I just don't go down to townships really? and fill them in on what I'm doing huh. until that's after rough. I own it. That's rough. Yeah. Well, it's just me. Right. Loose lips sink ships. Yeah, exactly. World I War agree. II strategies. I keep my mouth shut. Okay. I like it. All right. How yeah. you yeah, want to move to the next question? Yeah, and also, by the way, you can call in at 855-939-1137, 855-939-1137. I think our producer, John, is out there, and he'll say hi to you if you call him and say hi. Yeah, so give him a call. He's, yeah. a, he's a lonely guy, too. He needs a phone call. Yeah, he needs somebody to say hi to him. You know, he, he, so, uh, he had a rough time getting to work today, apparently. So one thing uh, I would just say about the housing versus land is obviously I only would buy houses. However, I think... Feel that with all these people moving to Florida, a thousand people a day moving to Florida, it's estimated. Florida's population tends to be freer than most places in the United States, with the exception of maybe Texas. People are loving Florida, and it's absolutely beautiful in every direction you go in. It's pure beauty everywhere you go. Uh, something that you just have to experience. It. I don't care what direction you take your car and go for a ride. What where you're gonna go? It's gonna be lovely, right? But the fact that all these people are moving there, that I see an amazing amount of growth in Florida and possibly in Texas. I'm not an expert on Texas. But if I own a bunch of land in Florida, maybe in 10 years, this will be the first time in my life where I'll actually make money off of owning land. So it's interesting because you're, you're calling out all the free states, you know, the people who have freedoms again. And I agree with you. I think people are fleeing all these other states and are going to the free states. It's just where I want to be. Yeah, I, I know. I, I, I agree. But between, you know, just the weather, you take the weather and you take the, the, the freedom. It's fantastic. Yeah, and hopefully it's going to be able to stay free. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. they're flooding illegal aliens into these uh, some of these states with That's the true. sole intention of changing the color of the state. Yeah, I, I understand. Yes. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. And, and I want to make sure you make color from red to blue because I don't want you to, you know, anybody to call you a racist oh well as a republican i'm probably a, a racist in most people's minds anyway of course yeah racist 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 <laughs> but anyway anyway because you believe all lives matter <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i know i'm such a bad guy i i only believe real estate lives matter <laughs> real estate lives yeah anybody anybody who lives in real estate who owns real estate who has real estate or sleeps in real estate or stands on real estate those are the only people in my life that matter Good thing that we're both armed because there could be, you know, some BLM people who will be charging on investor schooling headquarters right uh, now. Yeah, I know, really. Little do they know, we have a tunnel underneath our building. <laughs> yeah, you, you ever notice that they played the a disclaimer at the beginning that this aren't necessarily the views of WPHT? <laughs> yeah, why would they do that? Well, I, I, when you think about that, it, it's every single person on, on there says the same thing. All right, let's keep going. So should I buy a house <laughs> now or should I wait till next year? Now, I have heard some people saying that they think that the buys are going to be better next year. Right now, the market is just super crazy hot. Nobody can find a deal. Our buddy on Facebook, Sal, tried to buy the house next door. Oh, he couldn't yeah. buy it. He had the winning bid, but he couldn't buy it because he lived too close to the house. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, okay. So there's a lot of crazy stuff going on with the real estate market right now, and a lot of people getting frustrated because they cannot 
They can't find a deal, and they can't even find something that they need to live in. Okay, so there's people who have some real issues today with the real estate market. And there are a lot of people that are hoping that because of the moratorium on evictions that is still going on, I believe, in Philadelphia. I'm not sure because I, I don't have any houses in Philadelphia. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for keeping me from <laughs> holding my Philadelphia houses. So I didn't get creamed. Stay out of Philadelphia. <laughs> I did not get creamed during COVID because I dumped all my houses in 2018, baby. Yes, foresight is a wonderful yes, thing yes. if you can have it. So um, also, I used to own an apartment building in Trenton, as you know, and I sold yes, that in yeah. 2018. Yeah, but that would, wouldn't have been that wouldn't have been as bad. I think it would have been worse. Do you really? Oh yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Come on, Trenton, New Jersey. This is this is like, you know, assistance program heaven. Well, that's fine, but I so assistance program is great because they were paying through COVID. Okay. If you had if you had people on Section Eight, they were paying. If you had people paying, you know, any kind of program, I really didn't participate in Section Eight ever, except for when I bought a building and it came with the Section Eight people. So a while back, I was doing Section Eight, and I had no problem with it whatsoever. And this is really great stuff. It's a great topic for us to get on. I, I had no problem with Section Eight people. In fact, I liked them a lot, especially the ones who were paying partial. But you have to understand that when you do Section Eight, there's a couple of problems with it, and one is that. You're going to have some unscrupulous tenants say, hey, listen, you know, you're asking $1,600 a month rent. My Section 8 will only allow me to have $1,400 a month. So will you will you write the lease for $1,400 and, and uh, let me give it to $200? Don't ever do that. Because as soon as you do that, you are in a, in a really tough spot now. Now you can't evict the person if they don't pay the $200. So let me explain something. The reason that I never uh, participated in the Section 8 program, other than when I bought buildings, that came with tenants in it is because I hate governments. I hate the feds. I hate the state. I hate condo associations. I hate city organizations. I hate anyone who wants to limit my freedom. Understood. I hate them all. Sure. And I just would not go out of my way for one second to participate in a government program, even if it benefited me financially. Okay, I understand that. I haven't I done Section Eight in a very long time, so okay. I, so and the way I the way I rent, I don't do Section Eight also because I ask people when when they come to show up to rent an apartment from me, they they show up and I tell them on the phone if you want the apartment, it's a five hundred dollar deposit, and at that point I will hold the, the, the apartment for you. I don't even run the credit until they give me a five hundred dollar deposit because I have no interest in running well, the credit. I, I don't even understand why you do that. I would just say give me three months rent right now. Well, not everybody's prepared to do that, but it, as, to hold the apartment till they move in. It's five hundred dollar. It's a five hundred dollar deposit, okay. and it's been working for me for years, and I love it. It's great. It's a great. I think in this method. market, you should ask for, for all the money, all of it. It might not be a bad idea. Just ask for it. Just say, look, you want this? You like the place? You seen it? You like it? Good. Go to the bank, get the rest of the money, and bring it to me. Okay. It's it's not a bad idea. Yeah, you but sign I, the but lease I, right yeah. then and there. And yeah, sign the lease. That's what you have to do. You have to sign the lease exactly. Yeah, you sign right? the lease right then and there. Right. So um, okay, so the. the one other thing about Section 8 I would just comment on. The reason – I got nothing against the people who are in the program, okay? I got nothing against that. But um, I've always gravitated to higher quality properties, all right? Now, right. I'm telling you now I'm not. Now I'm specifically Correct. buying things that uh, are very low-income properties. Okay? That, that's interesting that you would go there after you just said that. Right, but I, I flipped. Yes, okay. because if I th – Okay, so if you think the country is on the incline, then you should be buying high-level condos. You should be buying big office buildings. You should bu be buying big, fancy properties for high-end clients. 
If you think the country's going in a negative manner, then you should do the opposite. And obviously, I've reacted to what I see, and I'm anticipating trouble in the future. Got it. That's all. That's all. all. Right. Okay, next topic. So why don't we go to a commercial first? Yeah, okay, cool. And then uh, and then we'll find out who our producer is, because I'm not even sure who it is at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> a producer. Whoever's out who there, take a, us out to a commercial. Who needs a producer anyway? Hi, I'm Phil Falcone from Investorschooling.com. I'm inviting you to a complimentary class in Langhorn this Thursday night at 7 p.m. I will teach you how to buy ugly houses and make them beautiful. As a bonus, we will also teach you stock option investing. So get your butt to this meeting, 7 p.m. this Thursday night, Langhorn, 215-876-3002, InvestorSchooling.com. Hey, everybody, it's Larry Sinus from InvestorSchooling.com. You heard my partner, Phil Falcone, tell you why you should be there this Thursday night to learn about real estate investing and learn about stock options trading. We're telling you right now, you will make more money than you've ever made in your entire life if you learn these two skills. Be there this Thursday night at 7 o'clock in our Langhorn headquarters. Go to InvestorSchooling.com. Pull over right now. Take out your phone and go to InvestorSchooling.com. RSVP right now. InvestorSchooling.com. See you Thursday. I'm Phil Falcone from Executech Suites. I got a question for you. What do you get for $4.95 a month at Executech Suites? You get an office big enough for one person. You get the furniture in that office. You get the telephone on the desk. You get the telephone number. You get the fax number. You get the internet. You get two full-time receptionists to answer the phone in the name of your company and patch the calls to you, whether you're in the office, in your car, or at home sleeping on a couch. You get the conference rooms. You get the mailboxes. You get the printer, the copier, the scanner. You get the janitorial service, the utilities, and free coffee. I know it's hard to believe that you could get all those things for $495 a month, but it's true. 67 Buck Road in Huntington Valley, Executech Suites. Give us a call, 215-942-7701, 215-942-7701. Hey, everybody, it's Larry Sinus from InvestorSchooling.com. And I'm Phil Falcone from InvestorSchooling.com. Hey, what are we going to teach him this Thursday night, Phil? We're going to teach you how to invest in real estate so you can build a basis to get rich. And I promise I'm going to teach you stock options. So go to InvestorSchooling.com and RSVP right now. Right, Phil? We've been in this business for 30 years. We have amazing amounts of information to share with you. Get your butt to this meeting this Thursday night in Langhorn. InvestorSchooling.com. All right. Well, we are back, and this is Investor Schooling Live. And you can call in with your live question at 855-939-1137. 855-939-1137. We are excited when you call and we are excited to talk to you about anything that has to do with real estate investing, stock options trading, or anything that has to do with money or even Biden's new tax plans. Phil, I forgot my hat today and I look bald on Facebook. You could borrow my um, my purple pimp hat, the I, I, I property don't, pimp the hat. Only, the only problem with the property, property pimp hat is I don't think the headphones will go over it. Yeah, it, it doesn't. Really, uh, what also happens is it has a giant brim. Yeah, so right. It hits so the headphones the microphone. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Oh, I well. could get some scissors and modify it for you. Uh, yeah, we, we're going to have to do that, sure. <laughs> All right, so you had another, what was the next topic that we had to well, talk about today? Why don't we go down and answer some of these questions that came in? Sure. So one of the questions was Do you guys teach raising credit scores? Do we teach raising credit scores? We actually are a big advocate of teaching raising credit scores, but more importantly, we teach raising credit. So there's a big difference between a credit score and a credit. So I'm going to ask you out there, and you can answer in your car, yell at the radio, whatever you want. 
would you rather have an access to a half a million dollars worth of credit and a 500 credit score or would you rather have no access to money and a and an 850 credit score and I don't know how you answered, but me, I don't care what my credit score is. I care about the access to the credit. I like to have access to credit. Currently, I have available to me about $730,000 available credit to me on just credit cards. And we teach people how to do that. And you're, and you're in your car going, why would anybody want $730,000 available credit? Well, first of all, it's because I can use that for anything. I can use it for, I can even use it to buy a house. We had one student, remember, he bought a house with his credit cards? Yes, I do. He bought he bought combination credit cards and hard money, zero out of his pocket, and I mean zero out of his pocket, closed the deal three months later, paid everybody back, and made $28,000. That's just great. You know, we don't talk about no money down, no money down. It's no money down. Who cares? Would you care if you're if you're paying 24, and now most people aren't paying 24% interest on a credit card, but if you're paying 24% interest on a credit card, and at the end of the deal, your profit was $28,000. I don't care how much how much interest I gave to the credit card company. I care about how much money I put in my pocket. And if it was that much money, that's great. Having money at your on your hip that you can call on, regardless of whether it's a credit card or a home equity line of credit mm -hmm. or a private money loan or a hard money loan, having these individuals that can lend you, if the deal of a lifetime comes around... Yep like the one that you just gave me a big check for, imagine if I couldn't buy that. I would have lost $130,000. Yeah, absolutely. Right? But because I could buy it, uh, I was able to uh, go home with a big giant bag of money. Now, I'll tell you another thing too. What's coming if the, if the Biden administration does destroy the economy, and you know we're assuming it is, we're assuming the worst, but if it does, the people who have money or credit available to them are the people who are going to be able to take care of this take take advantage of this econ the economy coming, and that is where you need to make sure you have it. Plus, you know, when every once in a while you can have a credit card company who, during bad times, will take away your credit. So let's say you have a twenty thousand dollar card, and they all of a sudden now it's only a three thousand dollar card. But if you have all these other cards, who cares? Let them do it. I don't care. It happened to me in COVID. I had two cards that dropped me dropped me down to 25% of my original credit limit, and they just dropped it because they were scared. Yeah, I, they did that to me a couple of years ago. Uh, I didn't have as many credit cards as I have now. Now I have about, I'm in the range of like 450,000 in credit cards. Yeah, right. it's and a contest. I, and I'm using very, well, not really to me, but I'm using <laughs> very little of it. I think I, I owe like 20 grand right now or That's something. That's great. But, uh, you know, back then when I got over 30%, I'd get a couple of letters saying, "Hey, we're, we've uh, lowered your credit limit from thirty grand down to two grand." Yeah, which is terrible. Right, right. So you're moving, and, and they mess up your credit score when they do that. And right. It's really, I'd rather them, I'd rather them call me up and say, "Listen, we're not going to lower your credit. We're just not going to let you use it anymore." Well, so at that time, when when I then opened the school with you and you started talking about credit cards, it made perfect sense to apply, apply, apply. Yep. So get an extra 100000 in available credit, even if you have no intention of using it. Yep. Get 200000 of available credit. Now, it's a much more difficult for you to cross over that 30% mark That's right. that uh, at least Credit Karma looks at closely. Well, everybody does look at closely. Okay. And here's interesting, too. My goal is to get a million dollars available credit in credit cards. That's my goal. And when you think about that, that means that I could have, I could have $330,000 
out there in loans and credit card loans and still be below, you know, right at the 33%, whatever. And it'll still, it'll, it'll be fine. But there are times where, where, you know, I need to borrow a lot of money because something happens. Like I need to fix a place up or I need to buy a place or something. And my credit score drops to 620. And then, you know, a month later, my credit score is 800 again. I don't care what my credit score is unless I happen to be going for a mortgage from a bank or for a car loan, which I don't really care about the car loan anyway. But the but the mortgage from a bank is the only time I really care. And I know how to manipulate my credit to bring it back into the high sevens at any time. If you want to learn about how to do that, you should get your butt to investor schooling this Thursday night at 7 p.m. Go or to the your, web. Or your A dollar sign dollar sign. Go to investorschooling.com. Look up the address, put your name and email address in so you know where we are, and save yourself a seat, and we'll see you Thursday night. Okay. And, and maybe I'll even talk about credit if, if somebody brings it up. Somebody else uh, sent in a question that says, and it probably was you, Larry, it says, is Phil in the mafia? Oh, man. You know. He sounds like a mafioso shyster. Every time, every time I want to talk to Phil, I get nervous because... <laughs> That's all I ever hear. So let me fill you in on something, Larry. All right. Uh, the Italians invented the mafia. What? And, and we ran it for a very long time. <laughs> but the Russians and the Chinese took over about 25 years ago. So we're pretty much out now. We've become legitimate businessmen. So the Russians and the Chinese took over the mafia? Yeah. From the Italians? Essentially, yes. It, it, it sounds like that's what's happening to America right now. Well, the feds, uh, the feds with with new things such as uh, wires and other methods to to tap people's computers and all that kind of stuff, phone records, they were able to put in prison most of the big shot mafioso shysters. So now the Chinese and the Russians have taken over the business. <laughs> so we're out. Oh, is that it? I, I always yeah. wondered about that because right. I wasn't sure. You know. You know, you sound like a mafioso shyster. He sounds like a mafioso shyster. If you want to bring out the mafioso shyster in an Italian, keep calling him a mafioso shyster. Really? What are you going to do? Uh, you'll find out the hard way. <laughs> okay, let's go to the next topic. How are commercial... Wait, I want to know how many people we just insulted that were mafioso shysters. We've only insulted BLM, Chinese, and the Russians. We didn't insult the, we didn't insult the, the, the Italian-Americans? Oh, uh, those two, I forgot. All right, that's fine. But they're not really in the mafia anymore. So. Well, whenever you're ready, we'll go to the Jews. Okay. Well, uh, you know, we might be able to make fun of them before the end of the show. <laughs> okay. So how are commercial office buildings doing now? How are commercial office buildings doing now? Well, you would probably be the better one to ask, but I think it's going to be a great play to buy commercial stuff right now. Well, uh, I'll tell you, we're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty well, thanks to my wife and her ability to rent office space. So uh, my wife really runs the office building. I bought it. I ran it for a couple of years. I handed it off to her, and her and my daughter run the whole facility. And I think we're doing fairly well. And the reason we're doing fairly well is probably because of one reason, that we're, we're a affordable office building. We're not, we're not a big high-rise down in Philadelphia charging major bucks, right? We're, we're a suburban facility. We don't have a lot of competition around us. 
We do a beautiful job of taking care of our people. We have a gorgeous facility, and we keep our prices cheap. So I think as long as we use that strategy, we're going to be fine. So I, it's, it almost sounds like you're you're moving this moving into residential the way you moved into office buildings where you're doing the cheap stuff. Well, my office building was always very affordable, but uh, I think that the people who are getting hurt today are the big shots, the Regis, the WeWork guys. Uh, so why do you think? I mean, you own a you own a you own a building that's similar model. Why do you think that is? It's not a similar model. So first of all, Regis and WeWork do not own the buildings. They rent the okay. buildings, okay. and then they re-rent them. All right, so their well, profit margin is much smaller. Where we're... Okay, so you say, let's just say that Regis and WeWork own a building, okay? And even if they charge a lot more rent than us, they never build equity in their building. That's true. Right? Right. Okay, where my building is going to be worth over $2 million by the time I'm done paying it off. And that's going to be an amazing asset for me to have. I think it's going to be worth more than $2 million. Well, I mean, I'm I'm trying to be conservative, and I'm saying that I think it's going to be worth about 2.5 million. Well, that's fine. Like, yeah, I, like either that. way, whatever it is, it's right. great. But when I think about that, I, I don't know. I I, I didn't realize first. Of all, I didn't re realize that WeWork and Regis were renting the building and then yeah. re-renting the building. That they, doesn't make any sense. They do not. Regis owns. They say that they own or operate 1,800 facilities worldwide. They don't own a single building. Wow, that's dumb. WeWork does the exact same model. Really? Yep. Now, WeWork... If that you, could explain why they're in trouble. Of course. Well, WeWork was, was valued at one point at $60 billion. Now it's, it's finished. Right, right. It's over. Correct. Yeah. They were the largest renter of commercial space in New York City, and now they're done. Oh, they're uh, yeah. <laughs> the guy who started the company, he got like a, um, a $1.8 billion payoff or something, and he's gone. And uh, I don't know if they're gonna. They're trying to bring the company back, I suppose. But uh, you know, I could care less. They're they're not really a competitor of mine. I'm a suburban office building. No, owner. yeah, you're 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 very different too. You're, even yeah. your prices are different. Yeah, yeah, we do. So why don't you do a plug for Executex so everybody knows how to how to uh, rent an office there? Right. So well, suppose you're looking for a cheap office for say, uh, let's just say you got one person or two people. We rent space for four ninety five a month for a one person office, for five ninety five a month for a two person office. You could rent an office space in my facility for five ninety five a month. And guess what you get? You get the furniture any way you like it. Okay? You get two full time receptionists to answer the phone in the name of your company. Uh, ABC Painting Company, how can I help you? Would you like to talk to John Smith? Let me patch the call to you. You can be at home sleeping on your couch, and we'll patch the calls to you, and it, and it sounds like you're in your office. Okay? Now, you have another service, though, too, that I really like. You have the phone answering service. Right. Well, that's what I'm talking about right now. But just separate phone answering service. But you don't like, have to be in my building okay, to go. use yeah. the phone answering yeah. service. But for all of our tenants, that's included in your rent. So we will answer the phones for you and patch the calls to you. Understand, if you're a new business and you're just learning how to uh, build up your company, whatever business that is, in this example, let's say you're a painting company, right? When I call your company, someone's going to answer the phone every single time. And someone is going to uh, either put you in a voicemail or get you to the person wherever they are, preferably get you to the person, even if they're at home sleeping on their couch. And what does that do for your business? It means that you are accessible almost 100% of the time. So when people call you, you're on the phone. And that is an amazing way to make your customers see that you are accessible to them all the time. In addition to that, you get the conference rooms. 
You get a printer, a copier, a scanner. You get the um, free coffee. You get the electric paid. You get a janitorial service to clean your office and dump your trash every night. Vacuum your carpets. It's a full service for $5.95 a month, $4.95 a month, all the way up to a couple thousand if you had 15 employees and you needed a much bigger office. Executech Suites, 67 Buck Road, Huntington Valley, PA. Come by and see my wife, Terry, or you can see my daughter, Jackie, and tell them Phil sent you. It was supposed to be a plug. It wasn't supposed to be the Executech Suites show. You asked a salesman like me to give a plug for Executech? I mean, I was just trying to be nice and say, hey, you know, <laughs> let's do a little plug for Executech. I didn't say, do, do, let's do the whole show on it. We have no time for anything now. By the way, if anybody comes by and rents an office next week, I'll give you $500 off. Hey, how about how about if you give them a free copy of our book? Yeah, they can have that for free. Do you remember the name of our book? The name of our book is How to Make a Million Dollars in Stock Option Trading. No, that's not the name of the book. (laughs) (laughs) Neither one of us know the name of the book. I know. Phil named this book How We Got Rich. How We Got Rich. I can't remember the name of it. How we? Uh, Hey, Jamie. Hey, Jamie. Write down the name of the book for everybody. How We Got Rich with Stock Options Investing and Real Estate and How We Quit Our Jobs. Who knows? I I know. I think it was How to Move to Paradise. Get no, rich that wasn't it either. Sell your book for a million dollars. How to how to <laughs> how to write such a good book that you can't remember the name of it? There you go. <laughs> okay. Next, you want to go to the next question? Sure. How nice is it to have chosen this wonderful business to be in? You know, you just reminded me of something when you asked that question. Has anybody ever said to you, like, when you when you know you talk, you say you go to Florida and you say that you own Executech Suites? Oh, did, did anybody ever know that you own Executech Suites? Anyway, they say you own Executech Suites. You know, you're a millionaire, a multimillionaire, whatever, right? And did anybody ever say to you, "It must be nice"? Yeah, people say that sometimes. What do you think? That, what do you think about that when somebody you know, says that? People who don't have money don't know how to react to you. And and what what I kind of learned the hard way when I first let's just say when I first became a millionaire, I was very proud of myself. I wanted to tell everybody. I wanted to tell everybody that I knew about it, and I and I made it public knowledge that I was because I was just proud. I, I I don't think I was bragging, although I might have been bragging. I sure. wasn't as smooth fifteen twenty years ago as I am now, but um, I noticed real quickly that people didn't appreciate it. Either they either they were jealous or they were rooting against me to fail. I don't really know what it is. I just noticed that going around talking about my success did not bring joy to the people I was speaking to. So you didn't, you, didn't, uh, you didn't make friends and influence people with that, huh? I don't believe I did. <laughs> so I, I, I actually, it's funny because all of a sudden people are saying this. To, I, I've seen a post on Facebook. And I, I, whenever somebody says that to me, I've been saying the same thing for years. They say, it must be nice. I go, it actually really is. And I, I don't understand why anyone would answer any different because it is nice it's really nice to know that you can have anything you want buy anything you want do whatever you want have a radio show have a school that you teach people how to get rich i love it i mean i'm living the life of my dreams well our students absolutely love us that's for sure because almost every one of them is making money yeah and a matter of fact if you look we have 100 139 five-star google reviews yeah 139 five-star google reviews and we have 140 reviews i'll let you go find the bad review and i I want you to find it because it's hysterical actually it's pretty uh powerful statement absolutely so uh you know, I don't know. I guess I don't. I I talk about my success when uh, when I'm talking to you, 
and because I know that you're the kind of person who would only want me to succeed even yep. more as yep. I want that for you. And uh, I get excited when you make one hundred and twenty-seven thousand five hundred dollars on a wholesale deal. I get excited when you made one hundred ninety-two thousand dollars <laughs> in one day in stock options. Oh, it's the mutual admiration society again. I love it, Phil. Yeah, well, but but you know those are amazing things. Uh, absolutely. And I give you plenty of credit for helping me. Like uh, when SBA loans were available, you were the first one to start applying for them, and then yeah. sharing that knowledge with the school, and I was able. To obtain sure. a couple hundred grand out of, of SBA money, which I then used and more than doubled it already. Oh, absolutely. So, it's great. so what a wonderful thing. And the method for which I doubled it was using your system of buying stock options. So <laughs> I thank you and I okay, thank but, you again. But you didn't, but be careful because you're not supposed to use the SBA loan for, for buying stock options. It's supposed oh. to be for business. Oh, really? It was actually for your wholesaling business and you made money. You made 127,000. You made the money using the money on the wholesaling business and then you used that in stock options. I just want everybody to know that. If there's because, anyone out there. If we tried, if we, you know, we kind of jumped over and you know, I don't want anybody out there thinking that, you know, that you did something you shouldn't have done. If there's anybody out there from the SBA, you can call us at 855-939-1137. 855-939-1137. You can call us right now, too, at 855-939-1137. So here we go. It's time, it's time for your favorite part of the show. Oh, oh, I've been waiting for this. Here we go. Talk options. All right. I am not liking what I'm seeing in the stock market. I really did not like this week. We had Facebook earning that. By the way, I got this so wrong. It's so funny because I told you these aren't plays. These are just like speculation plays. I said Facebook was going to drop 25 points after earnings. It went up exactly 25 points. <laughs> but I also expected Apple to go up. Apple didn't go up. Apple went down. It never really got past 135, did no, it? No, it, it's it's... It's really weird, and and both of those both of those baffle me. You know, Facebook is sitting there, and it just keeps. Yeah, it's not going to go anywhere. It's going to it's going to come down. Matter of fact, if you remember on Friday, I sent a text message to the students that said App, Facebook puts into the dead zone yeah. because it's going to happen. Facebook is is stalling. Uh, Apple is stalling. Everything is stalling, and that means that the the money managers are getting nervous. They're getting. They believe that the, uh, uh, something is coming. So it's it's always a self-fulfilled prophecy in the stock market anyway. So something is coming. Maybe we'll get lucky and we'll get a couple of good earnings plays. I'm looking for Beyond Meat on, I think it's Monday or Wednesday. I can't remember. It's it's my only hope because I'm pretty far down in it. And hopefully it'll come back up. I think Alibaba is still a positive play because it's going to bounce off of Amazon's great, great results. But it's dangerous right now. It's a dangerous place to be. I would tiptoe in and I would start to see a little bit what's going to happen this quarter because this quarter is going to be a little rough. I believe Facebook is going to go to 280 before it hits 350, and I think it's going to hit 350. But I believe it's going to go to 280 first. I'm looking. I'm really looking for Apple to maybe hit the you know to the one teens. In the one teens, I'm going to I'm going to start loading up again because I think that's also a play. Well, I definitely would too if it went down that low. What yeah. do you think about Zoom? Zoom troubles me again, but Zoom doesn't scare me. It tr just troubles me that it's still in the three you know the 320s. I think Zoom should be the 350 to. 400 range already. Zoom's behavior uh, the last earnings period was bizarre. Well, its behavior the last week was bizarre. Yeah. It's, you know, it moved up and down 13 points. Mostly down 13 points. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's not it's not making me, you know, like I said, this is what I think's happening. I think the money managers are getting nervous and they're pulling their money off the table, and when they pull their money off the table, things happen. Now, I did notice that crypto 
Um, I noticed that you know Bitcoin is sitting there at fifty-seven thousand. Ethereum is almost at three thousand. I don't know if it broke three thousand today and came back down, but Ethereum is at three thousand, which is very interesting because Ethereum is the is going to be the one that I think is going to rock. I think that's the play. I'm not a big fan of crypto. I just happen to buy some Ethereum, but I also happen to like the idea that Ethereum is going to be the play. I believe Ethereum is silver and Bitcoin is gold. And if you if you see what's happened, silver's been moving up and gold's been moving up really, really slow. But by the way, just on a side note, I also believe it's time to buy gold because gold is going to start moving up as well. But gold is a different kind of play. Gold is not a play that you, you buy it for an investment. You buy it to hold it. And then it's just like a house. You buy it to hold it. It doesn't go down much in value, but it does go up in value over time. And it's a good hedge against it's a good hedge against disasters, which is what we teach. We teach silver and gold is a hedge against disasters. So what else do you have a question on? Zoom and Baba are my big earnings yeah. plays for this quarter. So obviously but you that, got time on both of them. Yeah. I well I'll tell you what, I like the position I'm in. I have a, a decent amount of both. And one of them is earnings is on 520 and one's on 530. So I don't have to wait very long. We're already into May. And I'm going to know how I made out uh, in 19 days. Yeah, exactly. So and Beyond Meat, though. Beyond Meat, earnings is Wednesday. I have a much smaller position in Beyond Meat. Yeah, Beyond Meat scares me a little bit. I've got, a, I've got almost 100 contracts of Beyond Meat. Uh, I think because I bought deep into the money, I'm only down like two grand. Okay, yeah, so, I'm not down much, but the problem is my I'm not far off my uh, I'm not far off my strike price. So the problem is I, I really need to be on me to jump ten to fifteen points in the next day or two, which it could happen because earnings is coming, or I have to decide on Wednesday whether I'm going to stay in for earnings or not, and that's that's scary too when you're down that much and you have to decide whether you're going to stay in for earnings. Probably the only reason I'm not down as much as you is because I bought into the money. That's yeah, all. right, right, exactly. Right. Deeper into money, exactly, right. right. Deeper into the money, yes. Yeah. So, all right, so we're going to be looking for Beyond Meat's numbers. We're going to be looking for Facebook to drop. I believe Facebook's a put play. Just let it drop. Uh, I, I wouldn't play it out to 280. I'd play it out to 300 from here to 300. And uh, that's where I would play it. But I would also buy it. If it hits 280, I would buy all you can. And that's that would be the play into the next earnings is 280. 280 is the new 240, as I said in, in class the other day. <laughs> okay. All right. Apple, I believe Apple, again, anything under below 120 is a play. I also believe it's a put play, but I would just wait a couple of days to see how it plays out. Maybe Wednesday or Thursday, just to see where the market's going to go. Would be my 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 uh, my guess on what we should do for Apple. And any other any other stocks you want me to look at? No. But right. I would like to say thanks to our producer Jim Kelly for helping us out today. Actually, it's not Jim; it's John. Oh, Jim, Jim left. Thanks to our producer John Cole for helping us out today. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor on our show, just email us. Info at investorschooling.com. That's info at investorschooling.com. And don't forget to visit investorschooling.com for your free class this Thursday night at 7 p.m. on real estate investing and stock option investing. That's right. I'm inviting you right now to go to investorschooling.com, put your name and email address in to save your seat. And if you behave yourself on Thursday night, we might invite you to another complimentary class. So the first one's free. The first one's free. And the second one's complimentary. And only if they behave themselves. And, it, and it's only if, and it's because it's complimentary to the free one. 
And it's also a completely different kind of class than the first one. We have a very unique teaching style here that you have to just see it to understand it. Yes. Words cannot describe it. That's true. It's very entertaining. I will have to tell you, it's very entertaining. Yeah. Yes. We Get your butt to InvestorSchooling.com Thursday night at 7 p.m. You are invited. Yes, you are. Welcome, everybody. InvestorSchooling.com. See you then.